This is yours. This is ours. This is mine. What's up and welcome to Minds. I'm your host, Jay Hernandez, and as some of you may have noticed, I took a little break. I stopped releasing episodes, and there's a few reasons that I did this, but mainly, um, I hit a bit of an existential funk. I wasn't really quite sure uh, why I was doing this. I wasn't sure of my trajectory and, and where I was going to eventually go with it, <clears throat> if, if that was even my intention uh, altogether. So, um, a couple things I, I told myself in order to justify this was that, you know, if I take a break, I won't be worried about uh, weekly releases, and, uh, and one, uh, maybe I'll record some music. There's a bunch of songs that I've got, uh, acoustic songs, some electric songs, you know, I'm I'm not too bad on drums. I can play to a click. So as far as piecing the things together, I'm you know I'm more than capable of doing that. I got the equipment, got a little bit of the know-how. As far as production, it doesn't really bother me. You know how it comes out. And I know how to capture sounds at a decent uh, level, and that pretty much does the trick for me. So that was covered. Other than that, I wanted to brush up on my writing skills kind of, uh, you know, try to set the narrative, as I was talking about before, and kind of feel out the direction that I was going to go in. Uh, on top of that, there are um, other things, you know, as far as uh, storytelling, uh, maybe writing a novel, and just, you know, I just wanted to exercise that muscle a little bit more. I used to be more of a writer as, uh, as an adolescent. Coming into, I guess, playing music and, and screaming in bands and stuff like that, I, you know, I was still writing lyrics, but then that led to playing guitar, which led to less, you know, singing and, and lyric writing, and then overall, I, uh, I kind of just stopped it all together. On, on top of that, I guess, in, in terms of my uh, existential funk, I wanted to clear some headspace and, uh, and get some perspective on what it is that I was doing, and uh, maybe seek out uh, some other podcasts and just uh, other mediums altogether. I've been checking out a lot of uh, you know YouTube videos, <clears throat> um, yeah, comedy albums, uh, all sorts of things, uh, sitcoms that 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 I've heard about and that I wanted to check out and and, uh, and just kind of tickle other parts of my brain a little bit and and try to figure it out or at least just you know get enough information into my head so that something can eventually bubble over. And, and come to the surface, and usually I'll take those little bits and pieces, shine them up, put them, uh, put them on a plane, and then see, see how they perform. So, mind you, I got no music recorded. I have been doing a lot of writing. I did get in some perspective, and uh, I, on top of that, I, I, I kept the interview process going. Not right away. That was a little bit uh, tricky. My own uh, funk sort of led to me not pursuing any leads, and, you know, my, my passions sort of sort of shifted at the same time. So what I did realize is that I was interested in more than just, you know, the music scene and the behind-the-scenes and, and how people go about getting the shows together and, and making the, uh, the nightlife run in, in my area. You know, it was an interesting category <clears throat> when I first came about doing this, but at the same time, there were just other things it started to pique my interest. I got an increased interest in writing, and uh, and I started reading a little bit more. As I took a little time to pursue uh, some of the ideas that I was trying to flesh out that I could bring to you, my audience, my listeners, my faithful uh, people I see have been uh, kind of chiming in here and there, maybe checking out an episode again, <clears throat> or or maybe just catching up with the ones you hadn't heard before. Um, I was trying to really bring something cool to uh, to minds and and to you. The more I thought about it, and the more I got into trying to uh, pick it apart and piece it together, I realized that not only is it a big job, but that I don't really think that um, I I had enough passion to bring it every week <clears throat> as something sort of like a special or or something like that. 
So, uh, you know, as, as big as the idea got in my head, I, I whittled it all back down to the fact that there was nothing wrong with my format. You know, the, the way that I was approaching it already should be the way that I continue to do things. And um, if I do eventually come up with, with some time and maybe other people to bounce some ideas off of uh, in a, um, I guess, partnership sort of way, I can bring you something a little more spectacular. Of course, all in audio form. I've had a lot of people nudging me in the way of video. But at the same time, it's just uh, exponentially more of an undertaking. And um, as much as I would love to be a part of something like that, it's just, you know, it's, it's not bringing any, any money. I've got a lot on my plate already as far as a full-time job and a family and uh, maintaining the friendships that do help me keep going. And, you know, I, I would rather keep this thing going for us and for myself and perhaps maybe at some point try to put something together with somebody else that's uh, a little on the, you know, a bit of a greater scale. I also realized that there is so much more out there in terms of uh, writing as far as, you know, script writing, um, you know, joke writing, uh, writing a novel, um, <clears throat> just all sorts of stuff that you can do uh, with with the power of words. But it all brought me back down to the fact that uh, I've always been able to put something together in writing. Uh, it's, it's apparent to me that my use of uh, punctuation and uh, and things like that need to be brushed up on. So there might be things that I'm looking uh, towards in the future as far as maybe taking a class. You know, I've, uh, I've even kicked around the idea of uh, taking an improv class, maybe a sketch class, because I've lo always loved writing, actually uh, not writing necessarily, but in my head just breaking down scenes and kind of figuring out how I would do a certain scene, you know, how I would have people come in, um, directing things like that. So, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I guess what I got out of this whole thing, mine's is mine. And it al it's also yours and ours. Uh, but at the same time, I can use this same format to actually mine the people that I interview for little bits and pieces for me to pursue um, different aspects of, of the creative world. It's just out there. You know, it's it's basically at your fingertips. It's it's on your coffee table, on your kitchen table. It's it's in your bed, on your computer, your smartphones. It's everywhere you can really imagine. You know, creativity. So, uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is that uh, I'm gonna take this thing into the future, and then get people down here <coughs> that uh, that are gonna help me do that. So today I'm going to be talking to Drew Murphy, um, lead singer and bass player of the band Hammer Fight, a thrash metal outfit out of New Jersey, whose uh, you know name that I'd heard before from a few friends of mine from around here. You know, I, I'd, I'd never really been compelled to go see them until uh, I knew they were coming around to the Yacht Club in Asbury Park, so I knew they'd be close, so I figured I'd check them out. Checked them out online. Checked out a couple YouTubes, and uh, and I liked what I saw. You know, nice, uh, heavy, fast, punk, thrash, metal sound. Uh, a lot of the, the octave things going on and uh, harmonizing as far as the guitar playing. Um, blast beats and speed metal drumming. Uh, impeccable bass playing and, and singing by the bass player at the same time, which, uh, you know, is pretty impressive to begin with. And then I figured I'd go and check them out with my buddy. And I'll tell you what. Even after the things I'd seen online and uh, knowing, uh, you know, getting a, a, a full dose of their music, I really wasn't ready for what I was about to see. I mean, scary bunch of guys, as you'll hear me uh, tell them uh, in, in, the, uh, in our conversation, but uh, just really held the stage. They had their own presence. Uh, they played impeccably and swiftly and, uh, you know, having a good time at the same time. And it was pretty impressive, pretty scary, very heavy. Uh, there was crowd surfing going on, which I wasn't accustomed to coming from the Yacht Club. But I guess since I don't hang out there all the time, it's something that uh, I'd heard had been going on here and there for uh, certain shows that I guess uh, call for it. But it was pretty intense. It was nuts. 
and uh, judging by the uh, singer's uh, stage presence, I decided to confront him after the show and invite him on and see, you know, uh, logistically what we were talking about. So, you know, he's not from very close, so we uh, coordinated our schedules, and he met me here, came down the Sunjin to talk about his music, his band, his journey, what brought him from uh, Inception and then music writing, songwriting, and playing the guitar and bass up to the point of where I caught them at uh, at the Yacht Club. It was a good conversation, brought up a lot of old topics and things that um, you know had interested in, interested me in my adolescence as far as uh, hardcore and, and metal and uh, the scene and um, you know where he took it from there and uh, and as well as where I went with uh, with my own personal journey. But these guys are the real deal. They put themselves on the road, made some noise. They've got an EP and an LP out and uh, just pretty much self-promoted until they got themselves wrapped up with a label that you'll hear about in the uh, in the coming conversation in a few minutes. And now they've got a release coming out very soon by the name of Profound and Profane. They got a CD release show going on March 25th at the Court Tavern with uh, Burial Mound and Carnivorous Breath. That's at 8 p.m., 10 bucks, 21 and over to drink. And it should be a uh, raucous shit show of uh, blood, sweat, tears, uh, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. So if you hadn't heard these guys, um, you should have heard of them. And uh, once you have heard of them, you can't unheard of them. So I suggest you dial up the internet, type in Hammer Fight, and check out what they got as far as audio, video. They got a few videos out there. They got, um, I believe, a new video coming up, if it's not out already, as far as uh, when this podcast will be released. And let them know. You know, respond by going to the shows, download their stuff, buy their new album, buy their old stuff, and uh, join them on the front lines. But before we get to that, I want to bring you some news. Um, so in the news this week, honorary fifth Beatle, Sir George Martin, has made the headlines for the last time. He died at the age of 90. He was uh, knighted in 1996. He's known for, I mean, just countless uh, amounts of hits and just, you know, thinking outside the box. Uh, never one to back down from a challenge as far as production and pushing, uh, pushing just boundaries of uh, recording and everything, and you know was always there to meet the Beatles with their latest uh, challenge or or what it is you know their vision that they had for their next thing, which was always pushing the envelope. And from what I hear, the future plans for Martin uh, upon relocating to heaven include uh, soundproofing, panning God's voice to the extreme left, and adding an ambiance of uh, menacing staccato cello playing and blowing out Elton John's candle in the wind, just for kicks. Also in this week's news, Canada's newly elected Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, said he's moving himself and his family into an alternate home after claims that the Prime Minister's mansion, better known as 24 Sussex Drive, is unlivable. You know, perhaps the estate should consider moving to New York, where most Canadians are successful with renovations. So that wraps this week's news. I'll get on with the conversation now. I uh, hope you're still with me, and you uh, enjoy the show. I started this in, I'd say like May-ish okay. of this year. Got a few episodes up. Um, hit a bit of an existential funk last month, and uh, just there. started questioning why I was doing everything. And uh, you know, I saw you up on stage. You guys were doing your thing, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna interview one of these guys. Uh, my buddy John D knows. Um, uh, you're one guitar player, the one that stands to your right, does the vocals. Todd. Todd. Yeah. <clears throat> Knows that guy and the drummer, uh, say it, Spaeth? Spaeth? Spaeth. Spaeth. Yeah. We just Spaith. call him Ninja. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I wouldn't say that name either. It's a fucking nightmare. I'm yeah. like, what is Spaeth? It's easy when she tells you how to pronounce it. Right, right, right. You watch his mouth move. But um, but you guys were cool, man. You guys were, you guys shredded it up there. 
you got a uh, stage presence um you cover a lot of ground as far as uh you know whether it's on purpose or not but like your image <clears throat> your sound um the presence you know the vocals and everything I, I i gather it's it's a very um sort of sex drugs rock and roll uh fuck you like we're we're for the most part kicking indoors perhaps maybe on the surface maybe yeah, i guess maybe there's more you know there's under more underneath but all right, that's the all right. gist of it okay you know? well there you go well i mean we all got a face you know what i mean yeah and then you go you dig a little deeper and you find some meaning and stuff and uh, and mm -hmm. everything i i remember um delving into uh like queens of the stone age uh music and lyrics and stuff and i'm like <clears throat> i'm like there's you know talking to my wife i'm like there's there's shit in here there's like like these guys are like saying shit yeah, you i know? just started getting into those guys i never really gave them much mind but they're fucking good it's 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 a mixture of a lot of weird things but it's got like the um the taste of you know metal or whatever it yeah. is so it's 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 kind of jarring at first because you're just like okay that first song just did this thing and now we're now we're over here but i still hear some like distortion but everything's really chilled out the drummer's not doing much he's you know kind of saying his thing and then they're like <clears throat> you know there's these, these little explosions or whatever here and there and then and then that song passes and you're like okay so something else some some just happened to me let me process it for a little bit it was for me it was a bit of a process uh getting into those guys because um, i owned the one album the uh songs for the deaf and um i think it took me about four years to just like play it and then get away from it play it again get away from it play it again and then all of a sudden it was just like explosion of queens of the stone age i'm like this is these guys they have more albums like i thought i've heard them before so uh you know whatever you start to dig a little deeper and uh, so i take it that your stuff uh covers a little more ground than just the uh the sex drugs rock and roll yeah definitely but i appreciate the um i guess like the the pageantry of it even though like i said it, it may not be something you set out to do but the fact that you you know you own the stage you guys, uh, at least if they dim the lights, you guys are a pretty scary bunch up there, you know. <laughs> but at the same, you know, like you have uh, you have these amazing skills. Every single member, which is um, no one in the band is actually scary if you talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, that's yeah. why that's why you you yeah. don't talk to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I talk to everybody. <laughs> no, that's great. Now you got a great personality. You got a good stage presence. Um, you know, you you, you keep people uh, into the show. You, know, you can be funny sometimes, and then. Uh, and then you got Todd saying some some outlandish shit that that you know <laughs> he says outlandish shit yeah yeah but sure. you know it's 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 all a part of it and he's like he's not always on it so it's like okay we could we could deal with a little bit of uh the craziness every now and again and he knows he'll yeah, just yeah. walk up say some fucked up shit and step back and you're like there you go Drew they're, they're years now yeah. so uh, for our listeners here I am here <coughs> with uh, Drew Murphy of the band Hammer Fight. Uh, you guys, how many uh, LPs you got? got? Like five LPs? We have an EP, uh, another full length, and then we have a new full length coming out March 25th. Okay, so you'll have two LPs and one EP. Mm -hmm. I saw some other stuff on online. I looked uh, looked you guys up a little bit, and um, so I don't know if there's somebody out there with a with the same name or, or just you know one of those situations. But is there anything else out there you know about? I mean, we did like a couple like we did a single for a movie a couple years ago. And uh, like a couple like random things, but right? As far as like, you know, packaged recordings, we got. We'll have three. Soon. Right, right, right. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Oh, well, you you never know how they how they put it up online, so it could. Just I just be... found out a new song was put up on Spotify last night by the label, and I had no idea. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. All right, all right. Like, let me let me crack this thing open. So, what do you guys um? So, you guys, you guys got an LP coming out? Yeah. Uh, and uh, is everything already recorded? It's been done for like a year. Oh yeah. wow! Okay, all right. So you're just—it's just all the, uh, the mixing, the packaging, the finding distribution or whatever. Yeah, that took a while to find a label, but we got it. So all right, because I—I read um, you guys were dealing with. Let's see here. Horror, pain, gore, death productions. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Now is that <laughs> is that your label or is that? No, a, no. That was a, this basically is this guy Mike in Philly. He works for Relapse and he does his own distro oh sick okay yeah and, uh, is great yeah he hit us up like we recorded our we was essentially for us a demo and we started i guess we started passing that around online and he hit us up saying well, what are you looking for in a label and right. i was like enough money to go make a new record and he's <laughs> like well i don't got that but i could i want to put this out and i was like okay go ahead it's right. fine and right. then we did the next record and we shopped it around and we just he wanted it right from the start. Let's be 
So, yeah, once we couldn't find anything bigger, we just gave it to him. Awesome. And yeah. he, he wanted this one, too, uh, but then we got Napalm Records picked it up. Oh, wow, Napalm. So, yeah, I know yeah. a couple bands on that on that so, label. Yeah, so now we're doing that. But he's a, he's a great dude. He was always really supportive of us, and every time I see him in Philly, you know, talk to him, he's a, he's a really cool guy. He's fun to, fun to hang out with, and he was really – he helped us a lot. Awesome, awesome. So, okay, so you guys recorded the demo, and that essentially became your L- your EP. Mm-hmm. Okay, shop that. Or he – did he know about that already? No, oh, yeah, yeah. He <clears> found <throat> that. Like, uh, we – were you shopping it? Is yeah, we were shopping it. it. Okay. And it got to him, and he was the first guy to write us, or I guess the only person to write us, <laughs> say, I want to put this out. So we're like, okay, fine. Yeah, great. Well, if that yeah. leads to a little bit of money, like you were talking about, to record something else, I mean, that's... Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> I mean, there's not a whole lot of money in metal these days. Either. Yeah, well, I mean, music business in general, but, yeah. but I totally get the metal thing, because it's just, it's, it's, it's a labor of love, essentially. Oh, yeah, right? absolutely. So, we spent... The last record, I don't even. We should have kept track of what we were spending right, on the record, right. but we didn't. But I don't want to think about it. But I'm really happy with how it came out. Awesome, yeah. I gave yeah. it a listen. The uh, the quality's great. I, I, well, I'm talking about um, shit. I forget what song was on there, but uh, but you guys, it, it was. What's one of the, the new one? It it's got the, the Stein, the beer Stein on the oh, front. Oh, from Chug of War. That was Chug of that War, was yes. the first full length. Yeah. That uh. Yeah, I was giving that yeah. one a listen, and you got some got some killer tunes, man. You guys got, uh, you know, you cover a lot of ground. Um, you know, I'm not too like I, I touch on everything. You know, I love metal. Every time I die, you're talking about relapse. I'm into <laughs> Dillinger. Dillinger blew my whole world open when I was, you know, 19 or whatever yeah. it was. Uh, <clears throat> but um, I was hearing some Municipal Waste in there. I don't know if you guys if you listen to those guys oh, yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, and then you know, along with like some of like the image and and. Uh, I guess, like I was saying before, like the pageantry, and then some of the riffs. I was uh, thinking about uh, Manowar. I used to listen to Manowar when I was a we teenager. fucking love Manowar. You guys love Manowar, man. <laughs> yeah. Those, I mean, I listened to two albums. Listened to shit out of two yeah. albums. It was Kings of Metal, and then uh, oh, what was the name of the other album? Louder Than Hell is my personal favorite. Okay. But. Oh no, Fighting the World. Okay. And Kings of Metal. All right. Those. I mean, our old guitar player Ryan fucking hated Manowar. Okay. <laughs> and so we would torture him with it. Right. And it was great. Like he left our group thread one day. We have with the band, because uh, we were all just posting pictures of Manowar, and it all says, Ryan Blackman has left the conversation. And we thought that was great. Is that the guy with the bright orange strat or the He's defender? Not, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some of the videos going to ask you about Little that. Little Ryan Blackman. All right, all right. So, um, all right. So, one thing that I gathered from uh, being at the show with John, my buddy who knows Todd and, and, and your drummer. Um, was that, I mean, obviously you guys have probably been in different projects before, and this was, when did you guys start this whole thing out? About five years ago, me and a guy that I used to jam with all the time wanted to do something different instead of, we were sick of dealing with, you know, all the usual suspects that we were dealing with, and we just wanted to play whatever we wanted, right. so we started this band. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. So we just, the demo, or the EP, we were like, all right, let's hang out, let's write a bunch of songs. We'll go cut a demo, and then we'll recruit a band. That's what we did. So just me and Rob, who's our original guitar player, we recorded the demo. My brother played drums. Oh, okay. And then we passed it around. I talked to Todd initially before then, and he was, like, very apprehensive. He's like, I don't know what I want to do. If I, I got a lot going on. I was like, right, right, right. all right, fair enough. And then I gave him – I emailed him the pro, the demo, and it's like, we also need a drummer if you d- your guy wants to know him. Because we know – I met them when they were in a bassinet. It's like, we would always – Okay, bassinet, yeah. Yeah, like we would guys. play shows. We, our paths crossed a lot. And uh, I, the next time I saw him was at a show at Dingbats, and me and Rob were there. And they walked – Todd and Justin walked up to us outside. I was like, so you want to join our band or what? And they both said, yes. And I was very, <laughs> very happy. I was like, oh, sweet. <coughs> so the demo, you know – suck them into it and now they're still right. they're yeah. the only two that are still there with me isn't so. it cool when you have something that that you know has no uh it's not fleshed out at all it is a thing you know and you love it and you know it could be cool if you just get all the working parts of it and other people are so excited that you you know in the back of your mind like they that they see something completely different they see the whole future they see themselves in it and like it being this thing where you're doing shows and shows that just it's it's funny when you have that moment because you're you know you're asking <clears throat> genuinely and uh, but you know that if they say no that you're on that same path of like yeah you know, here we go all right now like where do we go now where do we go from here and meanwhile they're like waiting for you for the moment 
to become a part of this thing, and then it just becomes something else. Yeah, well, it worked out because they were in other bands, and so were we, and our problem was we were always dealing with, like, there's always somebody that wasn't on the same page. You mm-hmm. know? There was always someone that was a problem or just wasn't as committed. So we managed to find guys from all the different bands that actually wanted to do it. Right. And we, you know, made our own band. Awesome. Awesome. So I saw, I, you know, checked you out on, um, on Instagram. That's what I do. It's where I, where I troll my people because I don't have a Facebook or anything like that. So, um, <clears throat> but I re- I noticed that, uh, that you're quite prolific at the base and you do your own thing. So I'm just curious, um, where you got started with the bass? Uh, I was like 13. Me and some friends wanted to start a band. And of course, everybody has, you know, is a guitar player. Right. So I was like, well, who's going to play bass? I was like, fuck it, I'll play bass. So I saved my pennies over the summer. And then I, I went, rode my bike to the music shop down the street. And I bought a $100 bass and I rode it home. And Nice. I started playing. I, I started taking lessons probably shortly after that. And my uncle... My uncle Frank handed me a Stanley Clark album. He's like, if you're going to play bass, you need to know this. And I was nice. like, what the fuck is this? And it was rad. It blew me away. And that's when I started paying attention to like all like the real heavy like bass stuff. Right. You know, right. Not just metal. So Stanley Clark, is he um like a bass player? Is he's he... a, yeah, like he's a jazz virtuoso dude. Okay. All yeah. right. You know, he came up in the seventies and he's amazing. And then of course I was already familiar with Primus. Right. So I used to just bring Primus records to like my bass lessons and be like, "Teach me this song today." <laughs> and he, he hit, and he's like, "All right, fine." Right, I drove, right. I drove him nuts with that. Like, all right, this song you need a eight string fretless, so oh, I can't teach you that one. We kept, the, <laughs> yeah, we kept it pretty. I mean, he was this guy Ken is the guy I took lessons from. He was good. He figured it all out pretty quick, and I still talk to him. Nice, so, nice. Yeah. So you started off on guitar. I <coughs> I didn't even have a guitar at the time when I got that bass. I bought it. I convinced my mom to buy, me and my brother did, to get us electric guitars for Christmas in, like, second grade. Right. And I never bothered to learn how to play it. Like, I just had a guitar. I remember, I didn't know what distortion was or anything. All I know is (laughs) I was watching MTV a lot, and I was, like, I plugged it. I just had this little shitty amp, and there was no, like, effects on it. And I was, like, how come I don't sound like Slash? Why why didn't I understand why was it sounding clean? (laughs) And I just kind of, you know. Broke strings a lot, and eventually I sold that guitar to a friend of mine, and who I ended up starting my first band with probably like two years later. Nice. Who, yeah, I was gonna ask him yeah. like, where did he go with that thing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's how that went. Yeah, I actually had a, I had a similar moment. Um, my I was uh, you know a, a young kid, and my uncle he played guitar with my dad, who was also a musician, whatever. But uh, he had his guitar set up in the living room, and it was a Fender. And he had it set up with uh, distortion, this crazy heavy distortion. I remember sitting down with it and just strumming away. And I wasn't playing it, but the, the distortion was driving me because I'm just like, gar, 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 you know, just like feeling it, you know, mm-hmm. like almost like I'm swimming, you know. And uh, he just took it away. He's just like, that's not how you play this thing. And I'm just like, of course it's how you play. I felt amazing. Like, yeah. <clears throat> shut it off. And uh, I find the guitar in the same room, like <clears throat> a couple hours later, picked it up and it was clean. And I'm just like, this sounds like shit now. Like, what happened? What happened between the moment that I just had before and now? And I'm like, for like a couple of years, I remember thinking to myself, I'm like, maybe it was just in my head. Maybe I was just like feeling it and like channeling these, you know, because like you hear the stories about whatever. So I'm like, maybe that was like my moment. And uh, of course, years later, you find like, no, there's a pedal. For yeah. That. You just, just push buttons. this button. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Push that button yeah. and it changes your life. Yeah, well, apparently that little shitty amp I was playing through, like, I realized later, it was a little, that guy who sold that stuff to my mom definitely was like, he saw her, he was like, oh, here's an easy mark, and he sold her, like, two terrible guitars for me and my brother, <laughs> and a little bass amp. <laughs> <laughs> right. It was, I found out later it was a bass amp, so, yeah, that guy was a dick. Yeah, but, yeah, fuck that guy. Well, I mean, yeah. you know, in one sense, but then in the other, it's like, okay. Yeah, that, whatever. That yeah. was Inception. I get it. Yeah. I see, I see how that works. So, what got you into music? What, what made you want those uh, electric guitars? When I was six years old, my cousin Mark played me Ride the Lightning. And uh, that was that. That was that. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> that's pretty much all you got to say. Pretty much it. I just never looked back. Yeah, that's, uh, that's got Cliff Burton on there, right? Yep. Do you, uh, do you, you're, you, do you play any of his stuff? Do you try the to... first thing I ever learned on bass was From the Bell Tolls. And, nice. Know, it's got that you know, bass solo. In, it's in the, the, the bass doing the solo, mm-hmm. right? Which yeah. is something I learned. Actually, my cousin right now, uh, my wife's cousin, is at... Uh, the family house right now that's where i came from um and he 
we play guitar together. You know, we just kind of came up together. Um, he's a little younger, but uh, <clears throat> he told me about Metallica. Well, not didn't tell me about Metallica, but was like, dude, like you don't listen, listen to Metallica. You know, and I'm like, all right, you know, let me I'll check it out. And then he uh, brought to brought up the subject of Cliff Burton, and then he's the bass player. I'm like, okay, well, that's great, I guess. And then would show me YouTube videos of you know him playing the bass parts live, and he's doing like the solos that I was familiar with, and. You know, and then just from watching that and like understanding guitar from playing it, whatever, you start to put it in, together in your head. You're like, this guy, it sounds like this guy wrote most of these albums. He wrote a lot of that in my stuff. Head. Yeah. yeah, and you can kind of pick it out. I'm sure you've done it in the in the past where you're just like, I have a feeling like this guy drives this band, or like this guy drives this band. You know, where you just kind of like you get a feel for how it is they play when you find out what they're responsible for. Like you get their style and everything, and then. Like, like as you get some perspective on like a whole album or bits and pieces of work, you're just like, okay, this guy's, you know, kind of taking it from here. And then like, like Led Zeppelin, you're like, all right, they kind of shifted over here this way. Like that's when John Paul Jones started writing more. And then, you know, the or when they were start. just stealing stuff from different <laughs> right, American right. blues musicians. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But um, not to talk shit, but that's been very well documented. <laughs> yes, it has. Yes, <laughs> yeah. it has. And it was, it was heartbreaking for me to learn, uh, but but you know you get it you, yeah. you understand it it's history and uh, but it's all part of it and then then you got what we got now so yeah. uh, so all right so he plays your ride the lightning um, and then I guess you're kind of chasing the dream in your head you get the the idea to ask for these guitars you get the guitars and then you play it you sell the thing and yeah. then how long uh, was it from that point until like when you started putting a band together with that guy. Or like what Probably was in between like there? A year or two. Okay, so it wasn't. Too I long. was thirteen when I started when we started our first band. Okay. And like within a week of turning fourteen, we played our first show. Nice. <laughs> and uh, just kept doing it, you know. Right. All right. Yeah, and like then time, like my brother played drums, and uh, yeah, and eventually for the longest time, I was just like that guy that I started that band with. You know, he moved away. He was a juvenile delinquent and stuff, and. I haven't. I just talked to him now on Facebook, and he seems right, right. he's not even in the music anymore. And he seems like oh. he's doing very well, whatever. Oh, know. he is doing well. He's doing fine. Yeah, okay, yeah. Because he right. was on the wrong path when we were kids. <laughs> he was a fucking pain in the ass. But <clears throat> now he's good. But yeah, after that, pretty much, I slowly started just building a band with like my brother and my cousin Rob and uh, my friend Chris, who ended up, you know, his fa ended up marrying into the family, or this his mom did. Okay. His mom married that uncle that gave me that Stanley Clark album. Oh, nice. And, right. uh, yeah, so we were a hard, we played in, like, death metal and hardcore bands together all through high school. And we still kind of have one, but Rob lives in Vegas now, and we just never play. And my brother has a bunch of kids, and his drums are collecting dust in the basement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're not, you know, we'll be jamming, but we can. You know? Yeah, oh, I hear that. I hear that. Um, so, <clears throat> um, what was I going to say? Where uh, where'd you grow up? Because I'm curious if... Uh, you know, with the the metal and the hardcore, um, what I'm finding is that in my history that the areas that like cultivated that sound were like neighborhoods. They were actual towns where people would just like you know drag their amps down the block or or four or five blocks because we're talking about you know people that didn't have licenses or whatever. So they were just like kind of putting together these whole communities where the bands were interchangeable. You know, people played guitar and bass. You know, drummer maybe was a singer in this band or whatever. What was that? What was there any like community? Thing going on with you or was it strictly like i'm um, putting a band together we're a band i mean there was i wasn't aware of any community when we first started you know we're just kids that like, hadn't even been to a show yet you know we right want to play well i'm from south jersey i've been you know i moved to south jersey when i was nine after my parents split up and so <clears throat> from a town called summer's point okay uh it's like you know near atlantic city but once we got to high school and you know discovered you know the underground scene like punk and hardcore, right? Like, there was this place in Absecon called Delorados where there was a place to play every weekend and it was always packed. And eventually, like real bands started coming through there, like right, all right, like Unearth was there. And <clears throat> oh wow, Jesus, who? Any like band that like did anything like in like the early two thousands? Yeah, played there, passed like, through there, passed through least, there. Yeah. yeah, and it was really cool. But then eventually, like. All the hardcore crews became a thing, and uh -huh. then you couldn't go to a show without seeing a hundred assholes just trying to start fights. Right, right. So then all the venues wouldn't have it anymore, and it kind of went away. So you weren't a part of that. that no, I thing? watched it and I hated it. 
Because I yeah. just wanted to go to a show and play music and have fun, and I just see a bunch of guys that they just want to go and sh- prove who's tougher. I was like, come on, right. like this right. is dumb. That's when I disconnected because the whole yeah. thing was going around here. We got uh, what was that club deep or dive or whatever it was on the beach over here. Like everything. Yeah, I remember seeing the flyers for those shows at at Delorado's, but I never yeah. made it up because you know, I didn't have a car. My mom wasn't driving me all the way up. Right, <laughs> driving you yeah. two hours. Yeah, I was lucky yeah. that she drove me twenty minutes to have Seagans a right, player right. show. So like you know, <clears throat> this whole scene started happening because it kind of came up as I was you know coming of age, and I'm like, oh cool, like let me you know put some crazy pants on and this like vest or whatever and listen to my hardcore and. Because I don't know, yeah, I didn't know what I was doing, you know, and like whatever. If if you got a different story, then fine. But like I was just, I was searching for something, so I was digging it out, putting the clothes on, you know, buying the albums and shit. And all of a sudden, it just took a crazy turn. Yeah. Like it was just like about. overnight, all of a sudden, yeah. like everyone wants to be like in a fucking suburban street gang now. I'm like, come on, right, guys. right, right. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> cool to be in jail, you know? Yeah, like, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not. And I'm like, all right, I'm five, whatever, like you know, a hundred nothing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna get murdered by a punch, you know. So I just, I disconnected. I, I, and I mean, whatever. It's part of my story, but you know, I found like pop punk because it was kind of a similar scene in some ways, where it's just like a bunch of people, all our age, all shitty at our instruments trying to put these fucking bands together and you know the music was just a little prettier so maybe like it just translated to the general crowd where it's like all right like we're like awkward and depressed and ironic whatever but we just don't want to like murder someone we don't want to beat anybody up and that's where i found my my people you know it was just like it was more about the art than you know aggression or like you know even you know because people argue they're like oh well those groups are put together for certain purposes and it's like you know we these people hate racists and these guys hate uh you know nazis and whatever i mean yeah okay that's all good and well but when i was seeing kids getting beaten up at shows because someone didn't like the band on their shirt right exactly like yo fuck you dude like this is (laughs) like that kid who was probably his first hardcore show and he's never, he, and he's trying to discover something new because he likes heavy music. It's not his fault that he only knew of Slipknot before he came here. Right, exactly. And so, what, how about instead of being a dickhead and making him never want to come back, show him what this is, let him discover something new. Like, that's like, I liked Metallica first. I didn't know what the hell hardcore and punk was, but I liked aggressive right. music and I started discovering this. And then you just kind of go down the rabbit hole and it gets right. deeper and deeper. And you're like, wow, this is really cool. Because then, like, you go towards, like, you know, metal per se, whatever. And you find there's all different sects of that too, yeah. you know. So it's like, like if you, you were can... talking about pop punk, but remember there was a time there where we'd go to shows and there would be at at any given show there'd be a pop punk band, ska band, like mm-hmm. like a beat down hardcore band and a metal band, and it was cool and everyone got along with everybody, and everyone had a good time and right. it was really cool to watch it all merge. And then it kind of went a different direction. Then everything just got super. Uh, compartmentalized yeah you know because <clears throat> at that point i mean and it's crazy because those same shows you know you get seven different perspectives you know there's 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 seven different kids you know went to those shows had seven different you know, uh experiences where it's like oh yeah then that, that one shitty bit and metal band played and, you know and the other kids like then that one shitty ska band played everything else was cool and it's like the other guys like you know then the pop punk band i loved it and then i left because everything else was bullshit you know but meanwhile like the whole show as a whole was like an organic thing you know it's like a, a living thing yeah. that brought so many different worlds of people together and now like the only thing that that's out there like that are festivals which i'm just like i understand the whole purpose of it but i'm just i have to be against it because it's just like uh just like a a, a corralling of people mm-hmm. in these like overpriced arenas of like just sweat and dirt and and loud noise and DJs and you know and like you have an emergency room <laughs> tent you know for like for when shit gets out of line you know and it's just like, it's so crazy to me because I'm just like you could just do this same thing scaled back about a thousand times for twenty bucks in a VFW you know and just keep doing that all year long instead of doing one of these one time where you have fatalities you know like you know like there's like two people are dead a year maybe because of a festival it's yeah no like one should have to die at a show but no. I, I do want to play some of those festivals oh absolutely <laughs> I, well that was my whole thing yeah. when i was actually more physically uh in the music where i'm like you know i'll never go to one unless i'm playing one like that will be my thing and i was just like you know i've never been to a warp tour 
never been to you know like any of these real big festivals and and, you know i was in the music and like i was playing and i was just like i'll be there one day like i'll get there and then i stopped playing and i'm like shit i'm never gonna get to a festival (laughs) (laughs) 20 years later i'm like oh you can always start playing again i could okay i mean i've got the equipment yeah i see it it's all here drums and this is the sunjin i had a band uh called purple suns we were uh, like a stoner rock sort of uh, psych rock uh three piece and we played here, and uh, and this is where we recorded, and so this is the Sunjin. All right, cool. welcome. Um, all right, so so where were you picking up your band members from? It was strictly from school. I mean, around then, like, yeah, pretty much. I mean, the guys that ended up like in like my main band were all my family. Oh, okay, kids I grew up with, like my brother and my cousins, and uh, you know, I guess like longtime friends. But then I met a lot of other kids at school that I would jam with, not necessarily, like, start, like, real bands that we would go play shows with. But I used to – I had a friend, Kyle, who we took lessons from the same guy. He uh-huh. played guitar. I played bass. And eventually we ended up – the guy would have us play in his band. And we would go do, like – we would go do open mic jams sometimes a lot. We would just, like, smoke lots of weed and, like, play, like, you know, like, jazz standards or – Nice. Or just, you know, fuck around and make shit up on the spot. Right, right. And it was fun. There's nowhere to – there's not really any places to, like, do that down where i live anymore so you had to actually like make um there was no community per se you had to actually just be a part of these little events and things that you could actually play out at and then know i guess just a certain handful of people i mean i guess i mean there was a community as far as like the shows went Mm -hmm. you know because there was always you know just tons of people there and like people you know Bands would be, I guess, be very incestuous, and you would see, oh, that guy from that band's playing that band now, and right, so forth. Right. But for me personally, I didn't really go that route too much. So, um, so what did it? What is it about metal that uh, that drives you? Like, what? Why? Why metal? I don't know. It's, I got, I don't have a good reason. It just does. It's just know? in you. Yeah. It's just. What so whatever you. moves you, man. You know, like I can't just like, why do you think that girl's more attractive than that girl? Like, I don't know, because she made my dick move more right, than right. Right. You know? She's hot. it's the same thing you know it's like <laughs> it's all a matter of i don't know just personal taste metal just always even when i was a little kid you know i just like wow this sounds really cool right like, all right yeah so and you don't know what anything what anything is at that point you're just no. like oh i like this thing i remember my forget i think i was in like second or third grade and my friend gave me for my birthday he got me alice cooper's hey stupid nice and uh my mom read all the like the lyrics. She's like, "Well, this is the last Alice Cooper album you're ever getting." And I was like, "I have no idea what any of these stuff means in there." It's like all I hear is cool guitar riffs. <laughs> right? You That's get this it. tone? It's like I could read all those words right then and there, and I wouldn't have understood that the songs were about sex. I had no idea what that was. I was right, like eight right. years old. You know, it's like watching kids shows over again when you're an adult. Yeah, you like, pick oh, up a lot what? more. Yeah, it's like wow. Yeah, you're hearing that you're saying this shit. Yeah. You don't even know. You're like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Lost in translation. It's poetry. Yeah. So who uh, who were your idols growing up? Um, I don't know. I guess uh I mean Metallica was always number 1 for nice. me. So I guess I always kind of like I don't know. I liked James Hetfield a lot when I was a kid. I guess you know, he just looked cool. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he like he means metal. Yeah. Like he's <laughs> especially like late 80s Hetfield. <clears throat> yeah. Like, that was like the prototype, you know, like, like action figure Hetfield. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and uh and then I guess, you know, there was less Claypool on the bass front, you know. And nice. uh, as I got older, it became Lemmy, you know. Nice, yeah. nice. Yeah, he's a, he's pretty uh, – he's got a pretty solid history, that guy. That know? guy is rock and roll. Not he only was. did he, you know, he quit uh, whatever it was, Hawkwind, I guess, mm-hmm. to start well, – He was the, fired from Hawkwind. Oh, okay, fired, yeah. you know, basically for being the best member <laughs> and, yeah. and, and being a part of the better albums. Uh, yeah. that Hawkwind put out but um you know quits that band or whatever uh to start the dirtiest you know rock band mm-hmm. and basically you know it was like Babe Ruth like he hit it out of the park yeah Not, and what his last album came out two three years ago it came out like six months ago like six months ago <laughs> yeah. and that thing it's is awesome fucking heavy. it's in my car right now yeah it's yeah. not like some sad tr- tribute to like uh, I was rock and roll once it's no. like Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. They've you know? been putting out consistently better and better albums for like the past fifteen years, I think. You know. Yeah. I yeah. There's a few things in the '80s they put out that I didn't really care for. 
Yeah, but that you know, like that's that you happens. Can't, like, you can't put out twenty five records and hit a home run every time. Right, you know, right. You also you also can't maneuver the eighties uh, uh, sonically without being shit on by the eighties. Like the, yeah, just the the reverb and the 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 programs. Like you just nobody survived that. You yeah, know, the, the songs that people like from that period. It's more of a of an innate thing where you're just like, oh, you know, like I loved this time in my life, because you really. You really can't argue the production. Like, can like, just listen to the intricacies of that fake harmonica and how it <laughs> flows from that B to that C chord. Like, no, you you can't. Yeah. Like, you just just go with the glimmer in your eye and the, and the nostalgia and keep it there. So, <coughs> excuse me, sorry about that. But um, so Lemmy Lemmy Hetfield, uh, Les Claypool, yeah. and these. I mean, I'm, I'm I can see just by look on your face that these aren't like. They weren't like, uh, you know, strongholds in your in your past. They were just the, the people that you thought of in those yeah. times. And, and well, when I was like learning to play <coughs> bass, there was a lot like a big stretch where I was just like heavily into like Victor Wooten and Jaco Pastorius and like Jaco. Yeah, yeah. And that just, guy's nuts. Yeah, that guy's nuts. So I spent a lot of time just like learning that stuff, like right. stuff that I had that I don't need to know how to. You know, I play. <laughs> I'm in a metal band. Like right. I don't need to fucking. But I guess it doesn't hurt. It's right. good to have your chops together. So, so, um, so when when did you start uh, doing vocals? Was that were you always a vocalist in any of the bands? Or? I was never. Well, actually, okay, only in my first band, but very briefly, and then we got like a real guy like to come in and sing. Cause right, playing right. and singing was hard, especially when you don't know how to play. Right. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, I started singing with Hammerflight, and I wasn't even supposed to be the first singer. It was supposed to be my friend Nick, but he couldn't do it anymore because. He really liked heroin and he died. No, so then, I, yeah. So Sorry I was like, that. okay, you know what? I'll just do this. Like, well, I don't want to have to deal with anyone else. Right, right. So. For fun, you know, it's it's funny how it starts for function. Yeah. And you're just like, well, I'll do it now. It's like, fuck it, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> then, then we'll find our guy. But well, I guess it seems like you you were. Well, yeah. I was like, you know what? Yeah, well, I don't want to deal with anyone else anymore. Yeah. Like, always the singer is always the problem guy in a band usually anyway. It's because he's got too much time on his hands. He doesn't yeah. play an instrument. Yeah. So he's just like you know, doesn't yeah. even carry a microphone. There's a microphone at the venue. Yeah. You know, it's 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 rare to see the uh, or a band you know with the singer that um. You know, you see that over time they get better at like the writing craft and everything. Uh, certain bands, like like every time I die, I'm just like you know, the, just the way he dialed into <coughs> writing so uh, efficiently about the subjects that he that he likes, which are you know like, uh, um, uh, just like analyzing religion and uh, and partying and all that, and just like you can tell that he grew with it over time. But uh, but sometimes you're just like, okay, this guy's not gonna grow. He's got a problem because he's just got there's just nothing else. You yeah. Know? But and then like you'll find with some of those bands you're like you go back and you're like, Oh, you know, he didn't grow per se, but he did write some songs after that. He picked up a guitar or a bass or like, you know, he's playing some keyboards or whatever. But um but so you just you started with Hammer Fight, you just uh you just go stream of consciousness, like I'm just writing what comes out first. Mm-hmm. If you have like an idea. There was no idea. No it idea was just, just like how hearing the riffs just like whatever happened the only rule there ever was was anything's anything goes as long as everyone in the band likes it awesome you know like i didn't want to like because i've been in bands before where it's like ah yeah but that's too much like this genre and we're this genre right who who fucking cares man it's not like why you want to pigeonhole yourself right all right just play what feels good yeah everybody likes it you're killing it um I hear I heard the uh, bit of a, a Lemmy influence on the voice. Um, not so much so, but like you know, it's it's there. What else? Um, what else do you, do you try to channel anything, or do you just kind of fit the music with what you're saying and make it feel good, and then it's is uh, what it is. I'm not as terrible at singing now after doing it for a few years. But when he first started, I was like, all right, I don't want to just scream because everybody screams. Right. It's like I'm not fucking Bruce Dickinson, so I'm not even gonna try. <laughs> it's like I'll just pretend I'm Lemmy. That was actually what I was. <laughs> <laughs> But over time, I like kind of you know found my voice, so to say. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I guess if I'm channeling anyone, I guess it's like Lemmy, James Hetfield, and uh, Phil Ensemble. I'm just doing bad impressions of that all the time. Cool. Well, that's uh, you know that's a nice, satisfying mix of what I what I heard. Yeah. From you know from what I when you know what I know, um, which those are all great bands. Uh, Pantera, Lemmy, like you know, I was never super into Lemmy or Pantera. I did uh, own the Cowboys from Hell album and played that thing for a solid year on yeah. a Walkman every day. I mean, it's a solid album, beautiful album. Um, 
But those vocals, hey, those those, those um, influences are, are pretty good, and they're gritty. They're versatile to the point of where you can do, you know, a melody. You can uh, just make a point and kind of say something, and you know, have the crowd repeat it back like yeah. like you did, like you yeah. had us uh, saying, uh, what was it, Chug? Chug was the one. <clears throat> it, it was drink, drink, drink. <laughs> yeah. That's right, drink, drink, drink. That was the first song I ever wrote for Hammerfight. Oh no shit. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I stole some of the lyrics from uh, Nick, who died. Cause he, uh, I gave him that, and I was like, here, write some lyrics. And he came over and he tracked some stuff, which I lost the files. I don't know where they are. I never saw them again. Right, right. Oh man. But I definitely, I, I, uh, I will admit that I lifted some of his lyrics. Right, so, well, I mean, but, you're paying homage to. Yeah. Him. That's it, right? And every yeah. time, and I'm sure you play that song often. Play it pretty much every show. There you go. You get the crowd participation. We'll play it tonight. So. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah, I was gonna try to make it out, but I got some got a function going on, and uh, somebody passed away, so we're gonna be. Yeah. That's, do, do your thing, man. Yeah. Well, that's tomorrow, but uh, you know the family's all together today and everything, and I'm just I'm just gonna slip out for like an hour and a half, whatever. Uh, do my thing, cause you know I know you're you're from out of town and you're here to do a show, so I'm like, let me just let's just do this. I'll get some new headspace, be able to go back and. I'll be supportive to my thing, whatever. But um, so uh, what was I gonna say? Um, uh, do you got any side projects or this is, um, like I still have that hardcore band with just my brother and stuff. But we, were, you know, our guitar player lives in Vegas. Right, right. So right. pretty inactive. But I've been ta- he texts me all the time and he's like, I got all these riffs. It's like, how can we make a record? And I was like, go buy an interface. Play your. F- I'll make you a. Yeah. Send me riffs. It's like I'll make you a tempo map. You like we can do this without you ha- coming to New Jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's trying to grasp it, but he comes back every once in a while. So I think we'll do something. And uh, so you know that stuff, the recording interface stuff. Yeah, yeah, I, that's how I write at home. You know, okay. I, I don't record our own records, but I, right, all right. That's how I write. But enough songs. to navigate uh-huh. to pre-produce, basically. Yeah. Uh, real time, which is what I like to do. I like to just you know yeah. hear something in my head. All my demos, I try to make. <clears throat> I try. I, I I know that's not necessary to have the best sound quality, but I just like start working on it and like I get I don't stop. But all of a sudden, like a day's gone by and I'm like, yeah, and I'm just tweaking the sound. I'm like, why am I doing this? <laughs> right, right, right. This, this is so unnecessary. <laughs> EQing it the hell yeah. down, and you're like, wait. Yeah. But I don't know. It's still it's fun. It's practice. Yeah, you know? it's it's a muscle. Plus, it's more f- satisfying to listen to when it sounds good sonically. That you know? too. That too, you know, you're gonna be running it like clean. When Dan sends us demos, Dan doesn't have an interface, and they're all done like with MIDI files. And <laughs> like, I can tell what he's. I used to write like that too before I had an interface. Right. Uh, but I'm just like, damn it, Dan, spend a hundred bucks and like, <laughs> just so I can hear it, you know, in the in its true form right, more. Right. But I still, you know, you can still get get what he's going for. So. Right. That's all. That's that's all yeah. you need. You know, just that driving force. But uh, so you guys got you guys got a few videos out. How many videos you guys got? I think we have like five. We have one coming out next week. Nice. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Checked. Uh, checked a couple of them out. Um, I was gonna. Uh, Ginger Rail. That was. <laughs> I, <laughs> I checked. That. I hate watching that video. <laughs> you know, it's got like I was just like, oh, okay, sex, drugs, rock and roll, which you know, like you said, it's it's just on the surface, but it's pretty much a theme of the song. Yeah. What uh. What was the inspiration behind that whole thing? I guess even the even the lyrics, the video. The inspiration behind yeah. the whole song was yeah. exactly you know dealing with you know partying too much and not being able to get a boner. <laughs> all right, that's all exactly right. what the song's about. Cut and dry, man. All yeah, right. and then uh, I didn't feel like drinking um, until I started drinking. That's right? a true story. True story. All right. That's actually at least that first verse is about the night I sat down and you know demoed it because I wasn't gonna drink it was right. a work night it was late and i was like i was like i'll have a beer while i do this and the next thing i know it's like four o'clock in the morning i'm drunk but the song's <laughs> tracked you yeah know? yeah done so yeah awesome you guys recorded that video at the meat locker yes okay i noticed i was trying i'm like i mean it looks like the meat locker but the shots of you singing on the stage uh i didn't see the the pylon right away uh, it's it was right there in front yeah. yeah yeah well it's, it's in a later shot and that's when i noticed also the um the other guitar player with this, uh, oh, the Ryan Strat, Ryan. yeah, and I'm like, who's that guy? And why is his guitar orange? Um, it was yellow. Yellow, oh, okay, yeah, bright right. yellow. Strat. I'm I'm not colorblind, but my wife is convinced that there's something wrong with with my palette because I just I will call the the oddest colors. But like for generally like that lights red, you yeah. know that it could have <clears> just <throat> been your computer display. You know, it could know. be that too. Yeah. But this has haunted me. Uh, for my whole life, and then she's she brings it out every now and she's like, "That's not green. That's actually black." And I'm like, oh, "Okay, well, <laughs> I disagree." Uh, anyway, but I I played there once with Purple Suns, and that's a 
That's a weird setup, that place. I love places like that. It's it's crazy. Places with no rules, like right. shitholes that are <laughs> yeah. like actually filthy and they smell weird, but you can bring all the beer you want in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they don't care what you do. Like, there's kids smoking weed in the corner. And right, like, right. It's like the Wild West. Yeah. You go down, you're in another world, and you know it. Yeah. You're just like, okay. I've encountered places like that all over this country, and they're <laughs> always really, they're always the most fun. You know? I, well, I don't get out too much. They always have the worst sound, but they're, right, they're always the most right, fun. Right, right. Yeah. But the only place I ever encountered like that was in the Dominican Republic. And it was scary. Um, but, it, you know, I, we were invited there, whatever, to the, the meat locker. So it wasn't as scary. But I was just like, this, we're in another, we're on another planet right now. Like, yeah. blah, blah, blah. let's be careful, guy. Like, let's, let's stay together. But the catacomb situation, they got, because there's like rehearsal spaces in there, right? I think so, yeah. Because we went into this one hallway, and I guess we went the wrong way. And the amazing thing was there's a heavy, like, six-piece, three-guitar band. Dutch going, Guts? Yeah. Because I think Dutch Guts, I think they practice there. They're a band. They're super heavy, and I think they're only a three-piece. They're really rad. Well, it was a show. There was a okay. show going on. No, this was a, like a six-piece. Okay. Like three guitar players, like a bass player, drummer, two singers or something. It was just lots of noise. We go in the one catacomb, and everything's like just cement blocks. And uh, as we walk through it, the show music goes away, and all of a sudden comes bleeding in this just like jazz. Just There's like a Mexican restaurant upstairs. Cool jazz. Yeah. Well, no, there was a jazz <coughs> band at the end of that hallway in this like 10 by 10 box. Really? There's just weed smoke everywhere, and the, the, the drummer is playing a floor tom with a kick on it, uh, a hi-hat. I, I can't even remember if there was a snare. I'm kind of sure there wasn't a snare, and he was just using the floor tom with the kick as like the tom the kick and the snare like just the way he was playing it he was just you know he knew what he was doing and a stand up bass and a guitar player and uh they're just they're going off as the three of us were out in the in the city just like you know we don't really you know I don't get out much and the, the my drummer at the time didn't really get out much either and the bass player he's just like off the wall so we're just like walking into this thing and standing there all of a sudden they're passing a blunt around give us the blunt and I'm like you know cuz I I quit I quit now, but like the time I knew it was a bad idea. Like, you know, I was already at the point where I'm like, I shouldn't smoke. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to take a little thing. Took a little hit, go the other way. I'm in my head, and we go down that tight hallway that leads to behind the stage. I like get stuck there because it was just like crammed full of right, shit. That's real narrow space. Yeah, and that's uh, it. I'm like, I've been up there before. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, watching the, you know, I'm watching the, the band that's playing from behind them, and I'm just like having these weird tripped out moments that, that just the, the, the setup and like the whole ambience of the place is really getting in my head and then we set up we played i felt like we played like garbage as a kid with a task cam recorder in my face at one point and i'm just like what is happening right now uh but that's a fun place yeah that's, that's, <laughs> we actually the my drummer brought his buddy with us um and i guess to just talk, touch on the, the the topic of of heroin again he was um supposedly clean but he was acting weird all day get out there He's uh, he's disappearing here and there, but when he's around, he was like really helping us and like really being like a roadie, like being our guy. And like we, you know, we're like a we're a garage band, so it's like it was cool. He's just like, oh well, I'll get you this, I'll plug you in. I'm like, all right, this is great. After the show, we break down, get everything kind of packed up. This guy disappears fully, and we're like out in the town just trying to get something to eat, trying to figure out where he could be, whatever. As we walk back, because it was like a Chinese place right around the corner, we're coming back, and across the street, there's police tape, an ambulance, and cones set up in this rest next to this restaurant we're like what the fuck's going on so our drummer <clears throat> he's just like anarchy guy he's just like fuck this i'm walking through the tape and i'm gonna go see what happens comes rushing back and he's like my buddy's in the ambulance he didn't look alive and uh so that happened and i he's like we have to go like we like we had to leave you know and he's just like he's gonna he's going to the hospital and then to jail so we gotta go we'll figure it out i'll call him whatever the hell so that happened that night. That was an interesting story. Apparently, he'd gone to the restaurant, I guess, to get high and uh, did too much. Yeah, that and sucks. Ended up, yeah. It I was... mean, I like drugs as much as the next guy. I'm not going to lie, but I don't get heroin. I've never tried right. it. And every time I've seen people on heroin, it doesn't look like they're having a good time. <laughs> it's like, fun. whoa, this party rules, man, so why don't you just nod off on the couch? <laughs> yeah. Like, shithead. I mean, like... Like, like, oh, he's moving. No, he just threw up all over himself. Like, okay. if you're going to do drugs, be smart about it. You know, yeah. know your limits, you know, listen to your body and stay away from, op you know, opiates. And, you know, well, that's why, you know, like my my whole thing is that, you know, like I, I did cocaine a handful of times, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, you me know, too. 
I'd rather do a, a drug that I'm gonna like when I get bored. I'm gonna like clean my house, like Adderall, write a story. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, well, I'm super productive. Like I love it. I Adderall that. has taught me that cocaine is <laughs> stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's also really. It's also you know it'll end up with ginger rail syndrome too. Yeah, right, right. It's a down the, the downside to Sorry, stimulants. Yeah. Adderall is a hell of a drug. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and it's just like it just. I know there's like two sides and the whole thing. It's like, uh, you know, cause I've, I talk to people that like are, that do really well in life and they're just like, nah, I like the downers, you know, I like to be like, I'm already too like productive and wired and like crazy. And I'm like, that's like, seems like a really scary ledge to, to hang yourself over. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it to each his own, but that shit's dangerous. You know, it's, it is dangerous. It's crazy. You're never, you're not going to smoke too much weed and die. Right. You right. Know? Right. He'll just get sober. And then be pissed. Yeah, like you just, <laughs> just fall asleep. Right, you know? right. Like I like, like all of I got a bunch of dead friends from heroin or just you know or oxycontins or whatever. Right, it's, they didn't intend to die. Of course not. You they know, just it just took a little too much, or you know, you take some time off and you go back to your normal dose, and then it's like, mm-hmm. oh, guess what? Your tolerance isn't up. Now you're dead. Right, <laughs> right, right. It's crazy. It's crazy. I right? had one friend who was dope sick and he didn't have money. It was Christmas Eve, and he went out, and he you know, uh, so he left his dinner with his family and he went to go meet it with his guy and since he didn't have any money he just tried to grab it and run and drive away and he got two bullets in the back of the head oh, and man. now he's dead so yeah i don't yeah that's yeah don't don't do heroin don't do, don't do, don't heroin. do heroin don't do heroin <laughs> just be smart yeah you know because like i'm not i'm no slogan for anything even though i don't i don't do i'm not going to advocate drug use to anyone but if you're going right. to do it don't be stupid yeah, don't do heroin yeah don't do heroin <laughs> just pick up an instrument write something down i don't know know. so what do you guys so you guys got you guys got an album coming out um you guys got a video coming out Mm -hmm. would you say this week comes i think next friday next friday nice uh any plans for for the near future we're gonna get a tour together right now cool so we hopefully we'll know soon yeah (laughs) i keep getting the same i I, never mind i've just been harassing our manager about it (laughs) and uh so we should know something real soon and uh so it should be late spring we'll be out cool and all right we'll try to stay out as much as possible and you guys are all you guys are all in it all in it to win it mm-hmm. everyone's on the same page yep yeah i want to live in a van i don't give a shit being home is stupid you know like i like be like i guess a lot of people don't like the being on the road lifestyle and it's because it's you know that's the biggest you're poor and you're dirty and right. you know but i like that all right all right yeah you know, we all get along really well. Like I've never been in a band with a group of guys that actually function so well together. We live in it. You know, put us in a van together for a month, and nobody hates anybody when it's over. So you guys have dealt with that situation many, many times. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Yeah. So you guys, you guys have been doing the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys have a label. Yeah, Napalm Records. Napalm but, now. Yeah. Okay, all right, all right. But you got. But even before that, you uh, guys were mm-hmm. doing tours whenever you can, playing out whenever you can. Yeah. How often do you guys jam? Uh, I don't know. We try to jam at least once a week, but that doesn't always happen. Right. You know, we couldn't jam this week just because, you know, everyone's right, right. got work. Right now, <coughs> things are hectic. Excuse me. Like, Todd's filling in for, on bass for a band called Psychroptic in Europe. And, oh, uh, wow. At the end of March. So he's hustling to make money <laughs> so he yeah. can live and pay his bills. Uh, So, yeah. And I live 80 miles away. And so... But I'm actually moving to Red Bank in April. To m- moving in with Todd, so that'll no make way. that'll make life easier. Huh. I'm from Pretty, Red Bank. Yeah. Where, where about? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're. you're, you're oh, uh, it, it's it's walking distance to bro, uh, to you know where the secret stash and that Starbucks are. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, there's a there's a both ways. There's kind of well, actually, no, the one it's uh, I guess the east side. Um, but there's, there's like a body of water right behind his apartment building. Oh, cool. So, yeah, the uh, Navasink or the yeah, I, I guess I'm yeah. not from. I'm not super familiar. It's a great. With it. It's a great place. You know, if you can swing it, you know, it's a nice town to live by. You know, the downtown's a beautiful area. Ribbick rehearses right down there, which uh, well, we we rehearse in Kingsburg. Oh, okay. Yeah. Where at? It's called Killing Time. Killing Time. It's right on 36. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know that. I've never. I know. I've been there one time. I was uh, tripping on mushrooms. Actually, see John D's band, uh, More Insomnia. Okay. You hear those guys? I don't think so. They're about 10 years back. Um, but I was yeah, just sitting in the, all by myself just sitting in there uh, and they're all practicing tripping so. by yourself is fun it, it, it can be fun i know i had a good time i always have a good time I'm, I'm one of those people that i'm just like yeah it's it is what it is but i just remember um 
you know, I, I never, I never really in my life got out very much. So I was just like by myself out on mushrooms and just like, there's a lot of shit going on. <laughs> <laughs> two singers, two guitar players, a drummer, bass player. Uh, but that was fun. That's a, I pass by there every now and again, depending on the jobs that I'm, that I'm doing to clean houses. So, so, uh, so that sounds pretty good. Pretty cool. So you guys all from, I guess this area more so. And you're the you're kind of the odd man out. Yeah, I mean it became that way. It's like we started the band. Me and Rob lived together, and uh, Rob left the band, and we got Ryan, who he was like ten minutes, fifteen minutes from where I lived, and then Ryan left, and now Dan joined, and Dan was already in a bassinate, so his his stuff was already in a rehearsal spot, and he's from the area. So I'm the only one that's not from the area. (laughs) (laughs) Did you ever get shit for that? No, I no. started the band. Like fuck that. Oh, there you yeah. go. But uh, so yeah, now I'm just moving up, make things easier. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll and that'll be awesome once you guys have that, because uh, you could probably play a couple times a week if you could. Yeah, at least I can go use that, you know, rehearsal spot that we pay for more often. And yeah, I don't have, it doesn't have to. I don't have to drive 80 miles just to get there. That's well, got to be a good feeling. Uh, so where where can we find you? Do some some plugging. Facebook.com/slash/hammerfight. Yeah, or on iTunes, Spotify, all that stuff. Uh. Yeah, I guess a new song just went up. We got two new songs out on Spotify and iTunes. Right. The album comes out March 25th on Napalm Records. You can pre-order that now. What's that called? It's called Profound and Profane. Profound and Profane. Yeah. Nice. It wasn't our original title, but the label made us change it. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what the original title was. The original title was Good Times and Dark Ages. It's one oh. of the songs. Yeah, I know. Every time I tell someone, they're like, oh, I like that one better. Like, what's up? It's like, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was going to be like... Pussy sword or something, <laughs> just something like you know, like that's a good absurd. idea. I'm gonna have to. Break, I'm, I'm gonna write that down. Can I steal that for a Absolutely. song? Absolutely. Right, yep. Cool. It's yours. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, yeah. I guess they didn't want to go. They said it sent good time sounded too much like a party vibe, which is not. We have that's what. That's the second video that's coming out. Is for that song actually. All right. All the right. song has absolutely nothing to do with partying. Yeah, what are you gonna do? They're paying for it. You no, know, exactly. I was like, you know thing. what? Whatever, man. Like I, was, I said right from the beginning, it's like, if you're willing to work with us, we'll work with you. Yeah. So. Yeah. There's certain things you fight for, you know. Yeah, we had no bargaining chips anyway. <laughs> so you're just like, hey, you, we sold. Yeah. All right. Good. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Well, um, I appreciate you coming down, coming over into the Sunjin and uh, getting on the mics with me. Um, good luck at your show tonight. I apologize, I couldn't be there, but doing my thing you're doing your yeah. thing and uh and you'll be getting the jam this week uh anyway right yep you're doing your show mm-hmm. uh anything else uh, go buy our album please that's it yeah napalmrecords.com <laughs> type in hammerfoot you'll find it we got all kinds of cool different colored vinyls and t-shirt bundles and yeah sick all right drew thanks a lot man yeah. thank you man it's good talking